from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that follows the winding path of history wherever it may lead. I'm Gabe Lusier, and in this episode, we're looking at the story of a rather polarizing record holder a man who walked across 13 countries by foot and returned as the most hated man in town. The day was October 5th, 1974. American Dave Kunst became the first known person to circumnavigate the globe on foot. It took him four years, three months, 16 days, and 21 pairs of shoes to complete the 14,500-mile journey. And while a few other long-range pedestrians had claimed to circle the world several decades before him, Kunst was the first one to offer solid proof. His trek across four continents had been highly publicized, and he carried a scroll for the mayors of each town he passed through to sign and stamp. Kunst's round-the-world trip proved to be the adventure of a lifetime, but it also brought him plenty of heartache and controversy along the way. Born on July 16, 1939, Dave Kunst spent most of his early life in Minnesota, where he worked a day job as a county surveyor and moonlighted as a projectionist at a local movie theater. But after watching the historic moon landing in 1969, the 30-year-old family man began to crave an adventure of his own. He ran a few ideas by his wife and three children, including driving to the tip of South America and traveling across the Australian outback. But those things had all been done before. Finally, one of his co-workers at the theater suggested he do something truly ambitious, walk across the entire world and back again. Kunst loved the idea, but he didn't want to take on the years-long challenge on his own. He convinced his younger brother, John, a recent University of Minnesota graduate, to tag along, 
and the two set out together from their hometown of Wasika on June 20, 1970. Thousands of supporters gathered to see them off, and the high school band played King of the Road as they departed. On the advice of a neighbor, the brothers brought along a mule named Willie Make It to carry their belongings. They also carried a letter of endorsement from U.S. Senator Hubert Humphrey, along with the mayoral scroll to prove where they had been, and a stack of UNICEF cards so they could collect pledges for the children's fund from people they met along the way. That last part had been John's idea, a way to ensure that the trip wasn't just for themselves. Walking east, the brothers reached New York City in a matter of weeks. Then, they parted ways with their faithful donkey and flew across the Atlantic Ocean to Portugal, where they were gifted a second mule by the country's tourist bureau. They named their new travel companion Willie Make It Too, and together they journeyed on through Europe. The brothers had started out with just $1,000 between them and had planned to take on odd jobs whenever funds ran low. But since their journey had made headlines worldwide, they wound up being offered free food and shelter from well-wishers just about everywhere they went. They continued in this way for the next two years, traveling across the continent through Spain, France, Italy, Yugoslavia, Bulgaria, Turkey, and into Iran. They had several brushes with celebrities along the way, including Princess Grace of Monaco and famed Norwegian explorer Thor Heyerdahl, whom they met at a cafe in Italy. They also added two dogs to their traveling party, Drifter, who sadly died in an accident in Turkey, and his replacement, the aptly named Drifter II. The brothers' journey went fairly smoothly for those first two years, but on October 21, 1972, things took a tragic turn. They had been traveling through Afghanistan for several weeks, struggling through the 120-degree heat of the so-called Desert of Death. Then, one night after making camp about 90 miles south of Kabul, the brothers heard Drifter 2 barking at something in the distance. Moments later, they found themselves surrounded by six armed bandits who had heard of the brothers through a recent interview they'd given. Unfortunately, due to an error in translation, the reporter had erroneously written that the brothers were actually carrying donations for UNICEF rather than just pledge cards. So when the bandits spotted their cart in the desert, they thought they'd hit the jackpot. As soon as they were in range, the bandits opened fire, shooting Dave in the lung and John in the heart. Dave told his brother to play dead until the bandits had left, not realizing that he was dead already. Against the odds, Dave survived through the night and was found on the side of the road the following day, delirious and covered in blood. He flew home to Minnesota to recuperate and grieve, but after about four months, he was itching to get back on the road to finish what he and John had started. This time, he would be accompanied by his other brother, Peter, a former Marine who took off work so that Dave wouldn't have to walk alone. On March 1, 1973, the brothers returned to Afghanistan and continued the global journey from the exact spot where John had been killed. From there, they walked through the Khyber Pass in Pakistan, supposedly becoming the first non-Asian travelers to pass through it since Alexander the Great. Then, they crossed into India, where they found homes for Drifter 2 and Willie Make It 2, before boarding a plane to Australia. Upon their arrival, the brothers adopted a third mule, Will Willie Make It, 
and then set out on a long walk through Australia. Things started to go off the rails again about halfway through their trek. First, Peter had to drop out after being called back to work in the U.S. Then, Dave's mule had a heart attack and died right there in the road. He briefly considered abandoning his cart and going home, but luckily, he had already made a friend in Australia, a schoolteacher in Perth named Jenny Samuel. They'd hit it off a week or so earlier during one of Dave's pit stops, and he had actually promised to leave his wife and return to her once his journey was over. He wound up seeing her earlier than expected, though, after his mule's heart gave out. Samuel volunteered to carry Dave's belongings in her car, which she drove alongside him for the remaining 1,000 miles of his trip. Finally, after covering about 30 miles a day, Dave Kunst reached the Pacific Ocean and flew to California to begin the final leg of his long journey home. Once again, he enlisted the help of a donkey. Will Willie make it too? But that one only made it partway through California before kicking in the headlights of a police car and having to be released. Kuntz decided to go the rest of the way alone, and it turned out to be a rough trip indeed. While walking through Iowa, he was joined by a reporter from the Minneapolis Tribune. They traveled together for a few days and talked about all kinds of things, many of which Dave wrongly assumed were off the record. The resulting article featured several scandalous revelations about the world traveler, including his extramarital affair in Australia and his opinion that there were, quote, so many damn dumb foreigners in this world. He also made clear that he didn't think highly of his hometown or of most of the people who lived there, including his own family. I'm doing this for myself mainly, he told the reporter. I was tired of Wasika, tired of my job, tired of a lot of little people who don't want to think, and tired of my wife. The walk was a perfect way to change all that. I just walked out of town. The Wasika Chamber of Commerce had been planning a big homecoming celebration for Kunst, but once his true feelings were made public, they made it clear that any festivities would be, quote, to honor the completion of the walk, but not Dave Kunst's ideals. The town mayor also registered his disapproval by refusing to appear at the event. Nonetheless, when Kunst arrived back where he had started on October 5, 1974, he was greeted by a cheering crowd of about 200 people. He had done what he had set out to do, and even earned a Guinness World Record as the first man verified to have traveled the globe on foot. The achievement had cost him the respect of his neighbors and the life of his brother, but it also brought him a new love. Shortly after his return, Dave Kuntz divorced his wife, flew back to Australia, and married Jenny Samuel. They later returned to the U.S. and moved to California, where they've lived together ever since. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.